Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes, and uh, unfortunately this week, uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, Vern Value and I are actually on opposite sides of the planet, so for the first time in Value Guys history, we're actually going to put up an old show. So we're looking this week at the June 6th, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. And uh, looking back through the old shows, it looks like the March 7th show covered that same area. And uh, we took a quick look, and frankly, all our opinions are pretty much the same. Some of the stocks have worked, some haven't. Um, but uh, in terms of long-term uh, outlook, uh, we feel pretty good about these names. Again, this show is for entertainment purposes only. We have lots of conflicts of interest uh, for longtime listeners. Uh, of course, you, that's no uh, surprise. We've got a lot of disclosures at www.thevalueguys.com. But right now, I'm going to let you listen to our old show from uh, March 7, 2008. And I uh, hope you enjoy that. Meanwhile, we will be back next week with a fresh show of the Value Line Observer, and right now, here's that March 7th, 2008 edition. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have gone underground. We've changed our voices and adopted secret identities so that we can bring you our candid views every week from a, on stocks from a professional's point of view. Yes, professional. Um, well said. This week, we're going to review stocks from the Value Line Investment Survey dated March 7th, 2008. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only, even if it's only our entertainment purposes. But, it usually is. Um, and you should be forewarned that we're usually highly conflicted and Whether to talk or drink, mainly. And but, poorly prepared. Yeah. But what I really mean is we, we, we very well may own lots of the stocks that we recommend we tell you when we for do. entertainment yeah. purposes only. Um, well, no, it's on. We're being. There's some other about appropriate that. disclaimers, and uh, if you just want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thevalueguys.com. There's photos there as well. People interested. In that. Well, and uh, you know, take a survey, and we'll send you a picture. In any event, in the second half of the show, I'm going to come back with three ideas that uh, at least loosely uh, share an environmental theme. Uh, but first, Why loosely, Vern. Well, they're they're from very disparate parts of the economy that I see. participate and benefit to varying uh -huh. degrees from a rising consciousness of environmental costs and a um, broadening desire to find... Boy, that was stretched out I, as long I'm as possible. Okay, of, yeah, excellent. Thank you. Um, we're gonna, in any event, uh, I'll be back in the second half. But first, Can't I'm going to turn wait. it over to the man with a plan. And I Are don't we mean timing this this week? And because I, last no, we're week not. we got way And I don't mean Hans Gruber. I All mean, right, Val. Hughes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this week, I'm honestly a little bit uh, underprepared, and that's because I had some technology issues. Although my colleague Vern is very well prepared, I understand. So I would stick around for that by have, all means. I have standards. By all means. Uh, but fortunately, uh, I own some of these names. I've covered them, and uh, you know it's an issue that's. I'm troubled this week. There was not a lot of stuff. Oh, no this kidding. Week. 
I know, have such a tough time finding uh, three. I, yeah, I looked at every single I, one. I did too, and uh, it was a little bit difficult this week. But that's because we're smack dab in the jaws of some type of consumer recession. I saw something on the news today that no one bought anything in February. And, uh, or you see headlines that economy grounds to a halt, and yet I see a guy. Except a lot know, of Kleenex, I think, because well, they were but, crying. I mean, a lot. I see a guy eating a sandwich. I see a guy driving a car. I see a guy buying a newspaper. I mean, the economy is going on. People use things all day. I think what they mean is we're not growing as fast as we once were. Uh, even the other day, the uh, manufacturer survey come out. Someone said. And the economy is shrinking. Well, you have people predicting how things are going to go in the future, and they're a little pessimistic. That's called manufacturing is shrinking, although I guess order rates are shrinking. It's like someone dropped a glass in a restaurant. Everyone's just looking around to see what's going on. And that's given us a chance to get some good values in here. So Burlington Northern, page 273. I'm just going to go in page order, Vern, if that's okay with you. Again. Uh, and I've covered this before. We have a big-picture theme. Uh, all our shows are indexed, by the way. You can get to them by dragging our XML code into Excel, and they all lay out. BNI's the ticker. The theme here is a couple themes going on. First, railroad is gaining share for the first time in a really 70 years since the truck came out, and that's for two reasons. One is uh, the gap in uh, fuel costs between rail and the efficiency rail and truck is, uh, as costs go up, widening. Uh, and and so, it's only uh, going to get bigger because rail is about to pass truck in terms of fuel efficiency solutions. Right. Thanks for chiming in with that. I was about to say that. Uh, also, the capital spending cycle for rail, and that means the efficiency of rail, thank you, Vern, is going up for the first time in 50 years. Union rules have gotten much easier, although they're still a bit onerous. That's upside down the road. But the bottom line is they're low-cost transportation systems, and they're gaining share um, and uh, Burlington Northern is smack in the middle of it. In addition to rail gaining share, on the rail, containers are gaining share, and that's because we're importing a heck of a lot of stuff from Asia. It comes in efficiently in uh, containers, all the ships and all the, tr you know, particularly in Burlington, containers are sized to move efficiently. All the uh, equipment at the ports is sized to these containers. So it's a way to get real efficient transportation. And Burlington Northern, not only do they have a specialized deal with J.B. Hunt in containers, and we've talked about that. Please look up a past show on J.B. Hunt. I still own J.B. Hunt, still like it. It's really a rail play. And then the other part of uh, Burlington's container business is increasingly going to be moving to a little company called Pacer, which I'd love to talk about. Go look it up. They do almost only containers, and they're not quite as good as J.B. Hunt, so you might prefer J.B. Hunt, but they only do containers, whereas that business is only a third of J.B. Hunt. So it's an interesting uh, way to play this gain and share by containers is and by Pacer rail. Is Pacer in the Sweden's issue? No. Then why are you talking about it? because they are about to sign a deal with Burlington Northern, mm -hmm. and that means Burlington Northern is going to have the two biggest container makers and markets or lease lesser, leasers. Leases? Less, they, they lease out Lessers. containers. Thank you. Uh, and so those two companies if between... If you're the J container, you're the lessee. Yeah, great. Listen, if you're J.B. Hunt and uh, Pacer, can I just tell the full story so we don't have people tuning out? I'm trying to talk about... Burlington Northern here. You've got Pacer and J.B. Hunt, the two biggest owners of containers, leasing them out, and both have really good big deals with Burlington Northern, which means Burlington Northern is going to be the railroad of choice for containers, gaining share, etc. So uh, they are uh, priced at about nine times gross cash flow, 
16 times earnings, which is a market multiple, but I think in here they're going to grow faster than the market. They have some very interesting niches within rail, the biggest one being uh, is that they have the lines that run up into the Powder River Basin, which is where a whole wad of coal is. And, of course, coal's gaining share, and that's it's a little bit of a monopoly. Those last three miles into the Powder River, what have you, they get the rates that they want. And so uh, that's a little bit of an edge. Um, I understand they're double-tracking all the way out to the West Coast to facilitate a big increase in volume in these containerized shipments. So they're going to continue to gain share. And uh, even in a slow economy, that probably just accelerates the share gain. They're doing a 30% operating margin. That's pretty good, something proprietary about that. Return on capital is only running in the you know high single digits up until recently and now 10 11%. And largely, I think that's due to the railroad's reluctance over many years to write off assets that are no longer usable. If you've ever driven past some type of rusty train track, it's probably still on the books, you know, and that should be written off, and they're getting around to that. In terms of near term, of course, it's bad. Right? Everything's going down right now. Traffic's going down, etc. Uh, the stock really hasn't cracked, so frankly, this may just technically be due for a correction if the economy's going down. But they're the best positioned rail. Other rails have come down. Other rails are not priced as well. But these guys are, I think, in one of the most unique positions. Powder in River space. Basin coal prices are up a lot. That probably yeah. gives them more pricing. Yeah, they have a ton of edges in that regard, and they've got the most efficient east-west system, which is double tracks from the west coast to the east coast and all containerized with the two big container guys you know vying for business on your rail so it's a good situation value line says they're going to grow earnings at 12 percent the balance sheet 40 percent debt to cap but it's well covered uh... you know buffett owns a piece of this i've i've liked it as it's not because buffett's in it but he uh... gravitates to really share gain stories a lot of times and i think he you know i agree with him he agrees with me although he doesn't know me but um, this is one I'd put away, Burlington Northern BNI. Okay. And then I'm pulling an audible. I spent a little bit of time looking for a good name here. I had trouble this week. I was spending some time on Cintas, the uniform guy. The chart's been going straight down for seven years. And why is that? It must be that people could give a crap about uniforms. That's all I can think about. The story on uniforms was that... You'd want to outfit your whole sales force or your service team or whatever so that there'd be this professionalism, and that's all fine and good. But their return on capital is low, and I think they have a big inventory of shirts that aren't fully depreciated or people walk off with them. or It just it doesn't seem like it's been a great business. I think they've been the reverse of the share game story. Well, you know, they're not growing. They're buying shares, and it's not helping them, et cetera. They're giving up shares. And, uh you know, no, I mean, share count's going down, whatever. So I just, I was looking at this for a while. Share. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone in town can compete with you and get, you know, perhaps match your service. Yeah, they used to be the unqualified leader in the industry, and there's some significant players now that compete with you. Right, I, yeah, yeah. Economies yeah, of scale. Just sure our listeners knew that. Well, that's what's happening. Their edge is disappearing a little bit. A lot of the stuff you can do yourself. The Internet intervenes, and you can buy stuff yourself and all that. I mean, so anyway, I'm wasting time on what I chose not to do. The Audible, instead of that one, I just started looking through the restaurants. Now, it's not a great time to buy a restaurant. And restaurants, you know, it's a discretionary item you don't need to get involved in. And it's a little bit like the theater where, you know, themes change around and you could have a big investment in your infrastructure and your build-out and then whatever, greens out or jungle themes are out or whatever. But what did I come across that changed my mind on that just now, Vern? Can you guess? 
Uh, you can't. You don't even want to. A bone stuck in your no, throat. No, absolutely not. CEC Entertainment, page 288. Well, what's this? CEC, what? That's Chuck E. Cheese. CEC, clever, right? And why am I interested in this thing? I didn't even know what CEC was before I noticed that it's trying I to have get... no idea. Yeah, no one does. It's, it's, like, it's, it's four times cash flow. That's what struck me. And then I'm looking at earnings. This thing is uh, eight times earnings. Look, I didn't even write notes on this. It's so cheap. I'm do- kind of doing this with you, ladies and gentlemen. We're kind of doing this together right now. And eight times earnings. Uh, that's a 23% discount to the average PE out there. The balance sheet is not what I'd like, but it's probably okay for a restaurant, 41%. Now, why am I even talking about a restaurant? It's Chuck E. Cheese. Now, I know if I got a friend. She may be surprised to hear, but... When that guy, when his kid wants to go to a birthday party and he has one every year and he's got, his son has 15 friends, they're all in his class. And when he wants to go to a birthday party, where does he want to go that just makes my friend cringe? Chuck E. Cheese, my God, have you ever been to one? It's horrible. But your kid wants to go. It's fact, maybe the one of the few restaurants he even can say. McDonald's, that's not doing it for anyone. You know what? You go in their little play area for a few minutes, it's boring. Chuck E. Cheese, they have games, and the games cost money. They make money on the games. I mean, I avoid Chuck E. Cheese. Who wouldn't like a place that serves the world's worst pizza with people dressed That's up That's not like what I'm rats. saying, even. They just have share of mind with the kids. So whereas you and I think Ooh. we have the choice of, you know, a hundred restaurants we could think of right now, and there's ten we want to go to, a kid, he can think of two places. And one of them's Chuck E. Cheese. Well, and then he so, needs to get out more. Well, he does, but you're not taking him out more, and that's a whole other show. But my point simply being is, while restaurants might be a commodity and a fashion element, Chuck E. Cheese has built a real brand for these kids. They advertise to them. It's eight times cash flow. Uh, Value Line says they're going to grow cash flow at 12% a year. They're generating enough cash to buy shares. Somebody smart's running the company. They're putting up 40% operating margins, ladies and gentlemen. That's like Hollywood operating margins, and that's because that's what this is. It's dinner theater for kids. They're earning enormous margins. Now, the return on capital has sort of been going down, and I can't explain that sort because of. I know nothing about this, but all I can assume is that some of the newest locations... Nobody wants to go there anymore? No, no. Their sales growth has been okay. and In fact, it's been decent, very, pretty good. I think they just probably are spending a lot on the build-out they're having each year to have a new, fancier game, just like the theme parks, and so maybe that's getting expensive. But uh, they're still putting up 12% return on capital, 16% on equity, and that's pretty good for a company that's growing 12%. Uh, and, you know, it's, what am I saying, four times gross cash flow, eight times free, CEC Entertainment, which sounds a lot better than Chuck E. Cheese. I'm really looking at it for the first time. I don't know it, but I know that they've got a franchise with kids, and kids get their way, and uh, they don't. kids don't understand recession also. They don't get that. So No, but they do get that Chuck E. Cheese is not cool. Uh, not when you're four. He's pretty cool. Okay, four. Ratatouille. Go watch it. That's a rat. No, the rat is in the ascension. It's the year of the rat. The rat is everywhere, my So friend. it's peaking. CEC. But not if you're a kid. If you have those impressions now at age four and five, that stays with you. You have three birthdays I bet, there. I bet a lot of people didn't know I was no, four or five. No, well... They, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. You know, but my point is simply that 
once you go there, you go there three or four years, cost of customer acquisition low, the kid loves your place. It's cheap. I, you know, I don't want to like it, believe me, but I do. <laughs> CEC Entertainment. How's my time? Crispy Burns cheap too. But that's a commodity. You got a couple minutes. Okay. My last one here is one I've done before, and I know as little about it now as I did when I originally did it. CB Richard Ellis CBG. It's been going straight down since whenever I might have recommended it, unless I did a year and a half ago, and then it had a brief upsurge before cratering. But obviously, uh, if you're servicing real estate portfolios, which is what they do, they go to giant companies and say, look, you're going to need 8% new square footage space a year. Let us handle that. We'll handle all the legal. We'll find the locations. You want an office near a lake, we'll do it. If you need something near a well, city, we'll do it. They also managed individual commercial properties. Yeah, they manage the whole thing. They get, But their, their bread and butter is they want a giant client who's having them acquire new property and get rid of so property. So vacancy rates go down, year. is that bad for them? Of course. These oh. guys are getting a fee. Well, I hope that's not going to happen. It's happening. But oh. here's the thing. The stock market, this stock has gone from 42 to 21. So the value of this thing has oh. fallen in half. Well, I guess now, here's what I'd like. Here's what I'd like to point out. Uh, you have recessions occasionally. Just want to say, <laughs> and yet this stock's down 50 percent. Here's my question to you, ladies and gentlemen: Are there going to be more people in the world who need some space? <laughs> Just ponder that. Yes. Yes, they will, and they're going to need someone to manage that space. Real estate's going to be 10 percent of any company's budget over time. And they're going to want someone to handle that because they're not, whoever they are, they're not in the real estate business. They're in some other business. They want someone to handle real estate and get economies to scale by being specialists in real estate. I know I do. Listen, that's, that's interesting. Uh, they're putting up a 16% operating margin, 18% returns on capital. They don't need a lot of, you know, factories to do this. Mid Upper 20s, 30% returns on equity. Two years ago they did 50% on equity. Uh, they're putting up some great numbers. Their share count, you know, they look like when they have a bit of cash, they buy stock. They didn't do that this year, but they did a couple of years ago. It's seven times gross cash flow, nine times earnings. Stock's down 50%. Now, we are going to obviously move into a commercial slowdown here. When buildings sell for $3 billion and you can, you know, they're in one little area, uh, that's the value of some small nations. You just have to question whether that's sustainable. I do think we're in for a little period here. Obviously, with credit tight, you're going to have a year or so of interruption, but certainly real estate values are going to keep pace with GDP. That means their revenues are going to keep pace with GDP, and yet they're selling at a discount to the average company. That's sort of a big-picture kind of value. In my book, uh, they've got a brand value, and it, it's serviced by their ability to service all these accounts. They've got economies of scale like no one does. Officers and directors own 15%. That's good. Uh, you know, what else can I tell you here? They're international. You know, they're not just U.S. by any means. Europe, Middle East, and Africa, 23%. Asia Pacific, 8%. So that's an area they're moving into. Uh, value Line says they're going to grow earnings at 25% a year, and even if I tell you, that ain't happening. Even if it's half of that, uh, nine times earnings is still a great value. They got some cash on the balance sheet, a couple of bucks a share, uh, although they have a you know fair amount of debt. It's levered, 60% debt to cap, but their earnings are so stable and their costs are low, they have a 12 
Times coverage on that, so that's pretty good. Fascinating. I just like it. It is, you know what? It is fascinating, Vern, because of the stability and the elegance of the of the company and what they've been able to deliver here, not to the shareholder for the last eight months. What kind of a multiple but, premium do I get for elegance? Uh, you get a pretty good one. You know why? That means share gain, share maintenance, customer acquisition, customer retention. These guys are the masters. They're not losing customers here. You just have a scared market. In fact. Value line, now they may not be right, of course, but they have a uh, an earnings estimate going from 305 to $3 in 08. Even if that's optimistic, that doesn't seem like much of a haircut. There's no sign of any losses here, so that's nice, and it's cheap. Uh, they don't pay a dividend. They probably should, but I like it. CB Richard Ellis, CBG, that's all I have this week, and I probably uh, <clears throat> took Time too for much a beverage time. break. Okay. Yeah, you did. Now, what time is it? Time for you to sit back. All right, thanks, Vern. Vern Value here. Now for some good stock ideas. In the Those good stock idea ideas. portion of the show, I'll be starting with Nalco You're Holding really Company. You're just really just a smart ass sometimes, Vern, aren't you? <laughs> Symbol NL. Passive aggressive. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, this stock apparently recently just a little over $22. Value line says $22.36. About a 10% premium to the market, but less than one times revenue, which, as uh, longtime listeners would know, we like to see. If you've never heard of Nalco, this is basically a chemical company, but a very specialized chemical company. They make chemicals that are used in raw water treatment, wastewater treatment, and then some industrial processes like boilers and cooling systems, uh, where they're used to control corrosion and scale buildup. Maybe this is some kind of angle on an environmental play. Well, basically, you're talking about keeping water clean or being able to control the cleanliness level of the water. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that of way. Course. Okay. I'm just, uh, so, just yes. kidding you there from if, the early uh, part of the show. If, if the value of water is going to be rising in the future, which I think we all believe, then the products that one would use why, why to ensure all... its security and purity okay. yeah, I'm okay. would I'm with you. presumably have some pricing power anyway. And volume demand should grow as well. And their history, Value Line's not showing a lot of history, but this company's been around for a long time. Um, originally, the National Illuminate Corporation, founded in 1928, became Nalco Chemical. I thought it was Nalco Industries at one time as well. Got taken out in 99. Private equity bought it in 2003, took it public in 2004. So it's been owned by a lot of different entities. But uh, the core business here has always been a good business that's always traded at a premium to the market, is my memory. Value Line says expect a return of, total return of between 7 and 25% over the next several years, yet rates at a 3 for some reason. The stock's down 30% uh, off of its highs. Uh, it would be, I think, probably general macroeconomic concerns. Well, people get scared of chemical companies as you're approaching a... A downturn. Absolutely. Uh, and this one has a lot of leverage. Plus oil I, cost, probably a big feedstock. You know, high le- highly leveraged industrial stories got marked down in uh, early February in a fairly significant way, and I'm sure that contributed to some of what we've seen here as well. 74% debt to cap is what Value Line is showing. It's um, too high. It, it is kind of high. Um, but they all, they're also showing a pace of debt reduction that doesn't really make sense to me. They're showing long-term – this is Value Line's projections – They have uh, long-term debt declining by $100 million a year, even though the company's over-leveraged, is entering a slowing economic period, 
and apparently um, has identified debt reduction as a strategic priority. Um, I see cash flow per share uh, around 275. So first off, this stock is only priced at about eight times. Maybe they're selling stuff. Less than they have ta- less around. than eight times gross cash flow. Like- Capital spending less than a dollar a share. I calculate a difference of 275 million uh, with uh, your pre-tax income basically bolstered by uh, capex running at 125 million, about 60 million under depreciation. So, or do they have timberland um, or something? They can no, just be selling. No, no. I they so at least twice this pace of debt reduction would appear possible with the cash flow off of this business. So I don't think it's quite as risky as it looks. Um, I calculate an enterprise value less than nine times. Maybe there's a little bit of a discount there for a high-quality business because of the leverage. Uh, I'm looking at nothing uh, in value lines forecast except positive earnings comparisons year-to-year in every quarter. So that's one of the reasons I, I think that a change in the markets, you know. Uh, you think that's really going to end up happening? Chemical company with no risk. down quarters. Well, coming? I don't. I, I don't mean, think that. Yeah, um, I don't know the company. This, but. I, well, no, I don't know it. I, I don't want to pretend to be an expert on it. But I think a lot of their demand is pretty price inelastic. Um, they're making. I mean, if you're treating, they sell to governments. I, is that the it? economy may slow down, but. I don't think wastewater generation slows down a lot. Well, that, so it's a it's a a big supplier to governments. That's a big part of their business. Uh, it doesn't really say here. Uh, industrial, industrial and institutional forty five percent, energy services thirty percent, paper nineteen percent, and other six. Maybe government would be in the six. Mm, yeah, so um, and they have some interesting. There's some interesting developments here. Uh, the, this energy services business is apparently has been growing. Better than eight percent organically. Uh, their numbers last year, even though they were up significantly, both top and bottom line, would have been better. Except they were flat in Europe. They've taken their hot shot uh, president of the energy piece and moved it over to Europe, try and get that business going. Uh, they've uh, uh, implemented some aggressive price increases uh, and are talking about annualized savings. Uh, Value lines looking for. Seventy-five million in two thousand eight. We calculate that out at about thirty-five cents a share. Earnings per share forecast to go from a dollar seventeen to a dollar thirty. So clearly, a lot of room for macro fundamentals to soften up some, given the cost savings picture here. Uh, the uh, value line talks about a vacant CEO spot. Uh, my memory was that wasn't quite right. I checked just recently. Uh, Nalco, the board named the former uh, president, I guess, of Dupont's agricultural. Yeah, we were, saw his uh, picture. Division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's been taken care of. Doesn't appear to be a major risk factor anymore. Um, I I just you know high quality name at a reasonable price and a discount to how much is that stock down? Trade is it down? About thirty percent. Well, maybe that's enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Moving, See, that's moving the right thing along, about Burlington. Moving right along, the next uh, next idea in my in my loose as we I put it before environmental theme. Yes, loose environmental theme. Core Group. I've never heard of this company that's before. That's catchy. Symbol is E M E. Uh, this stock around twenty five dollars is well, it's about thirty percent of revenue. Uh, but uh, this company is a services business, and so they earn very thin operating margins. Burn, can I just jump in with a question? When did you first start thinking about the uh, the LET? The LET. Loose environmental theme. Yeah. <laughs> well, it actually it came to me. <laughs> this come to you in a oh really? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about wastewater. Huh. 
Yeah. And, well, one thing led to another. In any event. It's fascinating. Uh, this, uh, fascinating. This company uh, operates, this value line's description, mechanical, electrical, construction, and facility services. Designs, integrates, installs, starts up, and operates various mechanical and electrical systems, including HVAC, plumbing and piping, lighting, voice, and data comm. So uh, basically, you're, uh, this is your company that takes the newly completed building and turns it into your headquarters, I guess. You know, I, look, I looked at that one. And gives you systems to control everything, and they have a specific I initiative. I, I printed that. Actually. To, uh, to build a business based on the premise of uh, uh, renovating buildings to make them more environmentally friendly. And if you've done any uh, even just superficial reading in this area, You'll know that I, buildings, the buildings themselves, are the largest emitters of greenhouse gases in the United States. So, if you want to look for an opportunity to make a huge change, a huge impact on greenhouse gas emissions, and put a bag over your building, or, or call plant MCOR, a, plant a garden on, on or top. call MCOR. So, uh, I, you know, what's it say? Renovating existing electrical and mechanical systems to comply with stricter government standards. Boy, I wonder if they're as strict as they're going to get, or if they could be getting stricter in the future. Well, I, I like the I, I like know. the demand outlook here. Um, some of their Everyone's growth so has been growing off. rapidly, but it looks like some of its acquisition value line doesn't really say, except that near the end of their little write-up, they say something about remaining active on the remaining active on the acquisition front. So I'm not quite sure what the organic growth has been. They apparently have a healthy pipeline of uh, projects according to value line. Um, this is a uh, this is a uh, business that as and these system I know what I was going to add is that these all of these systems of course are also getting increasingly complex, which makes it more and more difficult for anyone to think about managing all of these processes in effect in competition with MCOR Group, which will have expertise and scale. Um, right. Price. Let's see. Like value valuation here. It's the same thing. Got a thirty percent discount to market. Down the stock down thirty percent. So. Has history trading in line with the market? In fact, I'm looking at the average annual PE that Value Line's showing here for the last several years, and I, I see 13s and 20s and 18s, and the stock's 11 and a half times. I've got 10 times gross cash flow. Uh, my enterprise value to EBITDA is, believe it or not, only about seven times for what looks like a reasonable return. Return on capital 12, 10 and a half, 11. Uh, not bad given uh, especially the thin operating margin, so they run it fairly lean. Seven times, I think, is a reasonable valuation. So take a look at this. Uh, uh, I wish I knew how much their, their backlog at $4.5 billion accounts for about 70% of the forecast annual revenue for the company this year. So that should offer some protection against disappointment. Um, so green theme, MCOR EME. Nalco, we had water treatment chemicals to yeah. make water pure. And then lastly... Garbage. Uh, I think I probably have a bad habit of talking about at least one of these stocks uh, every uh, every quarter when this when this industry comes up in value lines rotation. This time, I, having looked at them, I think Allied Waste is the name that looks particularly interesting to me. Symbol AW, solid waste management company, non-hazardous waste collection, transfer, recycling. 37 states in Puerto Rico, okay, basically a North American business. Stock's down around 20%. Some of this would be concerned about the economy. And basically what we have here is 
the uh, of the big three, also including Waste Management and Republic. This uh, this company, Allied Waste, is in a sense the lowest relative quality of the three, and has the most upside in terms of operating and financial performance. Yet trades at the lowest multiple of them. I guess based on the quality aspect, uh, a little bit more quality? financial leverage. Well, some of it is you know the history and. Uh, whether management, what kind of credibility management has, uh, what's the quality of the properties, what kind of growth rates and returns have they been able to generate? Do they have a certain region in the country that you know? I can't tell you where they are, but I can tell you that they average mid single digit return on capital. Waste management's numbers are more like seven eight, mm. and Republic is now Republic's up in the twelve thirteen range. So that's one of the ways I measure the opportunity at Allied Waste. But that would help explain why it's cheaper and a lower quality. I'm certain. I'm sure it reflects the you know relative quality of the properties. Yes, uh, there's a company that has been slowly downsizing itself in order to restore and stabilize. Excuse me, and ultimately improve profitability. Need a little drink there to moisten Please, up. Please enjoy, enjoy. That's what it's mm. there for. Mm. You know. Thank you. I jump in, but I don't have anything actually to say. And I'm so, uh, trying to connect to the internet. Revenue, uh, revenue has, uh, uh, revenue has grown only modestly over time. On a per share basis, it's gone down dramatically. This company issued stock to fund a couple large acquisitions, including Browning Ferris, uh, back in '99, uh, and the company's still highly leveraged, about 60% debt to cap. There's also some preferred stock. Caution here: value line says 580 million value, but if you do the conversion on the sixty, almost sixty-one million shares, you really ought to value that at closer to six hundred. You know, I just want to jump in, Vern, yeah. if I can. Is this a good spot to? Sure. I think these waste companies yes. are getting wildly squeezed. Here's mm-hmm. my theory. Here's my theory. Okay. Uh, all the places near where the homes are, are getting filled up. You're having to drive farther and farther away. You're having to take stuff to other states. There's fees. There's longer distances. Plus, you've got gasoline prices going up, so you have to drive stuff twice as far, and your gasoline costs are 50% higher. You do all the math on that. It's like costs are going up 3x, and their uh, their revenues aren't going to go up 3x because towns aren't going to start paying more. No, these have become, Someone's getting squeezed. <clears throat> these have become That's, cash flow stories. What they're they doing have? is they're slowly exiting the properties where they don't have incremental capacity. They're getting more productive at cramming more garbage into the same amount of space. So you downsize to the properties that you have that have the most incremental capacity. You take that incremental cash that you generate from doing so, plow it back into modernizing the capital assets that you use to collect and compress and manage the garbage. So there's you just... have you start with you so then you have a model where I have capacity to grow, I have a more efficient um, uh, operation and I'll then be able to leverage that cost structure as I so their crushing ability have. is really where they're starting to really no, I, get actually, the edge. No, actually, that is, it is, mm-hmm. an, it is a uh, management factor. And you want to, I just want to know what's going on. Well, I'm what about the to, other part of here. the theory? Aren't you going farther away? Gas prices going up? I, huh? That I, I can't really That's say for sure. That's got to be happening. But uh, I can tell you that the uh, just as the, the transit industry really has been the early adopter on environmentally uh, more environmentally benign uh, propulsion systems and fuels. What we're talking here about is, you know, city buses, basically. Mm. Uh, the garbage mm. truck is going to be the next uh, category that 
revolutionizes because the operating profile is so similar and really uh, terribly polluting. You you drive 100 feet and stop and rev the engine while you you know compress the garbage in the back of the truck. And then you stop that and you drive another 50 feet and you do the same thing over again. You yeah. never really operate the truck at an efficient operating rate. It certainly doesn't <laughs> seem so just to the casual observer. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. So there's a lot of work going on here to adopt you know, various hybrids, um, um, if not just LNG. But isn't that going to just be a lot of CapEx? I mean, you get the efficiencies, but first you've got to hand over the cash, right? Yes, that's right. So that's that's going to be a drag on the right. cash flow. But, yes, but these are yeah. high cash flow businesses. And allied waste you can buy for about five to six times gross cash flow, uh, well, is which cheap. is running at, let's see, a multiple of about seven times, well, six times. So you're talking about a uh, 14%. Am I right? Am I doing the math right? 13 I'm or not 14% paying any attention to you, cash actually. Cash on cash return I'm looking here. at this, and it says that waste management, I'm just, I'm live on the Internet here, which is waste rare, management. is cheaper on a PE basis. I'm just looking at the numbers here. I don't care what the PE says. I'm okay, also you that price sales. Well, That's the, all? your numbers are wrong. Well, I'm not quoting me. I'm quoting uh, Yahoo Finance. Then they've got some wrong numbers. Really now? Yeah. I Let's think see. you have to go with Source, value Source, uh, What? Do, do you want to let me finish these ideas? Yes, People I do. People don't want to hear us argue I'm about sorry. the data. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, waste management. Not at, behaving. I'm showing, value line showing a 15 PE, 17.5 at Republic versus 12 at Allied. Allied, this is based on a, a stock price under $11. That puts it at less than one times revenue. In fact, about a 30% discount to uh, sales per share. Waste management, I'm showing at about 1.3 times revenue. Uh, Republic, closer to 1.6 times. Uh, the enterprise value valuation, I get 7 at Allied Waste, 7.5 at Waste Management, over 8 at Republic. So at every statistic, according to Value Line's presentation, Allied Waste is trading at anywhere from a 10 to 25% discount to uh, the higher quality stories that already execute a lot better and have already uh, been or gained a lot of the economies that we're talking about that Allied Waste still has in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else I wanted to point out about this name. Um, I think we really we kind of hashed it out. You know, saving money on fuel and root productivity they're you know putting a lot of software in place to optimize route planning, et cetera. That's kind of the story for the industry. Returns have been returning, have been improving for everyone, and even in sort of a weak environment right now, they've all been reinvesting in fleet to try and drive more of that productivity. So, um, hmm. you know, in a in a in a month or in a week where we struggle to find some good value ideas, uh, it was just hard for me to. You know, ignore something at five to six times cash flow. Yeah, just garbage like you is found good. Yourself with you know garbage and, uh, and with Chuck E. Cheese at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going to have to choose Chuck E. Cheese as my favorite this week. I was just kidding, of course. No, I'm Chuck. not kidding though. Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, C- my favorite idea. M Core Group symbol E M E, and uh, we thank everybody for their patience. Bye, everybody. Ooh, we're a little long. See you next week.